And Welcome you're tuned pod. back in once more to TCM Pod, the Chris Mathis podcast. Uh, Chris Mathis alongside, again, in front of my co-host Spencer Mathis once more. Very exciting stuff here on the podcast coming off of an awesome Talk to Him Tuesday edition of the Chris Mathis podcast with Super Bowl 37 champion Brad Johnson. That was a lot of fun, and Spencer got to take part in that interview, so that made it even more cool. But uh, I know that you guys enjoyed watching that, listening to that on Spotify, Apple, the whole nine yards, and that was just something that uh, we hope to continue to do in the future with other athletes, maybe some of Brad's friends, and of course, uh, athletes in other sports too. So, uh, Spence, how'd you feel about Talk to Him Tuesday and that opportunity that we had to have a Super Bowl champion quarterback right here on the show? Yeah, it was really cool to get to talk to Brad Johnson because, I mean, we used to watch that same Super Bowl DVD over and over again, and he was one of the main people in that Super Bowl run. Uh, he had a really good season in 2002, even though he missed a couple of games. E- almost every game that he started, he won. He lost two games out of all the games that he started the whole season. So Brad Johnson is a very good quarterback, and it was fun hearing how he got started. Yeah, it was. At one point, if you guys didn't tune into the interview, he almost quit football and uh, was going to be a teacher. But you guys got to go check out that interview. But um, totally worth your time. And we've got to really hop into the playoff games that happened from over the weekend. But before we do that, I think we need to mention our Am I Wrong first. So the, uh, the question is, was I wrong this past weekend? No, I was not. I said the San Francisco 49ers would beat the Green Bay Packers. They did in Green Bay. It was a close game, 13-10, to 10, the final score. I was not wrong. Um, I think we'll, we'll get more into that game after you mention your Am I Wrong, Spence, and then we'll talk more about the other three playoff games as well. Yeah, I had the Bengals over the Titans in this game on, su- on Saturday, right? Was that Saturday? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, Saturday. So I was correct there. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow had a pretty good game. He got sacked nine times, but we'll, we'll get more in depth on that. But I was correct. The Bengals did defeat the Titans 19-16. Uh, to 16. So once again, we were right on our picks. It feels good as we near the end of the regular, uh, as we in the near, as we near the end of the football season in general, which kind of stinks. I don't really want to think about it, but it has been a lot of fun. And now that our team is knocked out, I can really focus on every team fairly and not have my heart broken. You know, here in the playoffs, as it already was broken uh, last weekend. But again, we'll talk about that Bucks game as the Buccaneers took on the Los Angeles Rams. Final score: thirty to twenty-seven. Bucks came up short by three, and uh, of course, the Rams led for the majority of the game. At one point, they were up by twenty-four, twenty-four points. Bucks outscored them twenty-four-zero, tied things up at twenty-seven all. And, uh, you know, the Rams were able to get it done in the final seconds of that game. The Bucks' defense not so hot down the stretch. Uh, it could be argued that Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator, didn't call a great game. Could argue, could be argued that the Bucks' offense came out flat. Could be argued that the Bucks' kicker, uh, Ryan Suckup, cost the team the game in the long run. He missed a field goal. But there's a lot of different things that played into it. I think ultimately... Yeah, that one play, you know, near the end of the game that set up the game-winning field goal for Matt Gay sucked. It was the real heartbreaker. That was the dagger, of course, that set up the field goal. Uh, but in reality, I think that the failure of the offensive line was the big difference in that game. Tom Brady had second least amount of time to throw the football, to release the ball out of his hands in his entire career. Regular season, playoff, Super Bowl, every game included second least amount of time to get rid of the football. It was under two seconds or maybe right at two seconds. And if you watched that game at all or if you saw any uh, highlights from that game, you'd see Von Miller was in his face at all times. 
Aaron Donald was near him at all times, uh, applying a lot of pressure. Obviously, Bucks had to be without one of their star players, and Tristan Wirfs, he was out this week, so that was a big dagger in the game, and really hurt the Bucks. but of course, Tom Brady did his thing. He kept the team in the, in the ball game, all things considered, and gave his team a shot to win during the final minutes. Yeah, I think the entire game just comes down to injuries that the Buccaneers face, and going into that game, we had said that if Tristan Wirfs doesn't get to go, I think that the Rams were going to win. Tristan Wirfs didn't go. Tom Brady was under constant duress the entire game. I mean, Von Miller looked like prime Von Miller against Donovan Smith, so it was sad because that was one of Donovan Smith's worst game in the past two seasons since Jameis has been gone. So just a bad performance by the offensive line. And then on that final drive, I mean, we we blitzed everyone for no reason after we had just gotten a sack. Uh, with 30 seconds left, the Rams had no timeouts, and we just decided to blitz everyone. And that ultimately cost us the game. Cooper Cup had a big game, of course. Uh, but I just think it comes down to injuries. Uh, especially on the offensive line, and then if you had Godwin, if he would have, if he would have not got injured versus the Saints in like Week 13, I think this game's a bit different. What'd you think about the Von Miller high hit on Tom Brady that didn't get called against Von Miller? Busted Tom's lip. That's that's besides the point. That was kind of like the cherry on top to prove that he really did get high uh, from Von Miller off the edge. But they call Tom Brady a penalty, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, 15 yards for him. You know, arguing the ref, pointing at his lip. Hey, look, yeah. ref, there's blood. I mean, it was clear as day. And on top of that, Von Miller left his feet. It wasn't just that he uh, unfortunately hit high or whatnot. It looked very much intentional to me. Uh, he planted his feet and then jumped right into Tom Brady's helmet, his chin area. So did you see that as well? Were you thinking, hey, yeah, what the heck a, was this? It should this? have been a flag on Von Miller. Or at at the worst, it shouldn't have just – there should have been no penalty on Tom Brady. I mean – he always pleads his case to the refs. He even said it in, a, in an interview like it a week him. prior to the game, and I think the refs were watching that because they love to control uh, the games. So, I mean, I, that play didn't really cost us very much. The one that cost us a little bit more was the was the Ndamukong Sue uh, penalty that they called after he got a sack on Stafford. I don't know about that one either, but ultimately what cost us the game was our defense, Todd Bowles. Yeah, and no doubt. Again, you talked about that blitz there against uh, Matt Stafford. He made it look easy, threw it up to Cooper Cup, and I think I turned away from the TV as soon as he launched it because I knew he was going to get beat deep, uh, especially when you're blitzing the safety, right? I think we blitzed one of our safeties. Well, you had Sean Murphy Bunting lined up right in front of Cooper Cup, and he blitzes for no reason. So we had had seven guys blitzing and four guys in coverage deep, so just a really awful play call. Yeah, no doubt. And we kind of went out of order there according to uh, schedule of when the games were played. So our excuse there was that the Bucks, our favorite team, took on the Rams. Now we'll go back to Saturday's games in which the Cincinnati Bengals pulled off a victory in Nashville. The final scored 19-16. to What a game there. Derrick Henry, the king, returned for the Titans. But of course, a uh, little bit rusty, unable to get the job done there for the Titans. Even though their defensive line had nine sacks against Joe Burrow, Joey Burr, uh, Joey franchise, whatever you want to call the guy. The guy is legit. Some way, somehow, the Bengals prevailed by three on the road in a big-time playoff game. And uh, it was a bit of a shocker considering that, again, the Titans had nine sacks on Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those sacks were on Joe Burrow, in my opinion. I think at least four of those were his fault. He's holding on to the ball a little bit too long, not getting the ball out of his hands. His biggest play of the game was a dump-off to Jamar Chase that went for 60 yards. So I think it was just a bad kind of bad execution on Burrow's part but what ended up costing the Titans is what we all thought would it was Ryan Tannehill 
he threw three interceptions. The final interception, That's just right, a, yeah. a bad play, a bad throw. I mean, you're at midfield and you you force it into double coverage, and it gets intercepted, and then McPherson comes in and kicks the uh, 54 yard game winner. Yeah, McPherson played lights out there, and he's played lights out all season for the Bengals, especially in crunch time. But all in all, I am a bit shocked that the Titans did lose that game. I thought that they were going to win because they were the home team. Of course, Derrick Henry was returning, which I was a bit... I wasn't banking on that to really change the outcome of the game. He's coming off a pretty bad injury. Uh, Had... You know, 2,000 yards on him last year, close to that, and then this year had a lot of yards on him, a lot of mileage on him. Had been out for 10, 11 weeks, came back, and they thought that, you know, put the team on his back, but Ryan Tannehill really cost the Tennessee Titans a playoff game, and I think you might consider other options moving forward. Just the way that you play in a big-time game at home, everybody thought that you were going to win. I think they were a three-point favorite heading into that game, and you wet the bed. You throw three picks... I think two of them were pretty awful throws, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Obviously, one of them was, of them was tipped. Another yeah. one was tipped, but it was in a double coverage. So yeah, so it was a bad throw. But I could definitely see if if the Niners lose on on Sunday, I could see them trying to tra- trying to trade uh, Jimmy G over the off season, and maybe the Titans could be the suitors of Jimmy G. I feel like that's a pretty good situation for him. It's a lot like where he is with the 49ers right now. It's like the exact same team, just in the AFC. Yeah, and that's a good point. We'll have to see if they kind of do a little bit of a swap there. Also on Saturday, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, San Francisco was my hot take to win last week over the Green Bay Packers. They did win 13-10, to the final score. I'm not quite sure there. Uh, the Packers were the home team. They only put up 10 points at home. Aaron Rodgers did not have a great game, and he's caught a lot of uh, hate. A lot of people are rooting against Aaron Rodgers for his whole I've been immunized situation. I mean, I saw it all over social media. Hey, I'm pulling against or I'm rooting against Aaron Rodgers just for that. I think that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but he did play bad. Yeah, all of that aside, he I played mean, terrible. He had a bad game on Saturday. They started off with a touchdown on the first drive and then just didn't do anything for the rest of the game. The 49ers defense played great. Bosa was after him all game. Uh, Armstead, I mean, their their defensive line was there. Racked uh, up five sacks. Yeah, they were they were disguising very well, bringing blitzes off the edge, and it really just Rodgers couldn't overcome it. I mean, the run game got shut down, and then all they had to focus on was the pass game, and that was the end. So Aaron Rodgers once made the statement whenever he was taken by Green Bay and San Francisco passed up on him, and he said, uh, San Francisco would regret not drafting me. Yeah. He's now 0-4 all time, or is that just postseason alone? I think that's postseason alone. Postseason alone, 0-4 against San Francisco, which is crazy because you just look at the other side alone. I get that the Green Bay Packer offensive line didn't play great against the San Francisco uh, defensive line. A lot of sacks in that game. Again, five sacks on Aaron Rodgers uh, over the weekend. But all in all, when you stack up the quarterback play, Jimmy G against Aaron Rodgers, you would think that Rodgers could somehow muster out a victory at home, you know, Lambeau Field, entire crowd pulling for you guys. You're obviously the favorited team. And Jimmy Garoppolo only completed 11 passes in that game. One pick, zero touchdowns, and he got sacked four times. Well, if you go back to the NFC Championship game in 2019, I believe Garoppolo only completed like five passes in that game. I mean, Raheem Mostert ran for 200 and something yards. Rodgers didn't perform again. It seems like Rodgers is great. He's a great quarterback. He's one of the best of all time, but in crunch time, he just doesn't perform well, and that's just how it goes. I mean, last year, NFC Championship game against the Bucks, Brady throws three interceptions. Rodgers' offense still doesn't win the game. Uh, he threw two interceptions, couldn't get the 
the touchdown on their final chance, and that just seems to be the story of Rodgers in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that's the story. I think that's the uh, the final page of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in the storybook. Yeah, 100%. I can definitely see Rodgers going to the Broncos. The Broncos did just hire the uh, Packers offensive coordinator, which is weird because it doesn't seem like the Packers offensive coordinator is the one calling plays for Green Bay. Yeah. So a weird hire. So I think that hire is just directly linked to Aaron Rodgers. Him and him and Rodgers must have a good uh, relationship, and that could be like the draw him. Uh, drawing in Rodgers to the Broncos. Oh, I guarantee the first question that they asked uh, the offensive coordinator of the Packers, now current head coach of the Broncos, was, hey, you know, what do you think of our current quarterback situation? And they said, yeah, you know what? It could be a little bit better. I I can bring in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the question probably was, is there there any chance Rodgers would come here? And as soon as he answered yes, of course, because why would you not? Yeah. That probably got him the job, honestly. Yeah, and even if you don't get Rodgers, you got the job. So even if you don't get Rodgers, you still have a chance at getting Russell Wilson. So they they have to get one of those two with their defense. I mean, they were just wasting it. It's been wasted for three years now. Yeah, three or four years ever since. Uh, oh no, blanking the quarterback that was drafted. Drew Locke Drew was Locke. taken. Yep. And ever Teddy since Bridgewater. he was. Yep. Yeah. Teddy Two Glove. Then Sunday we talked about the Bucks game against the Rams. Bucks fell short by three thirty to twenty seven. The final score. The Bills and Chiefs game, we talked about it on the pod last week, Spence. We said that that was going to be the game of the week. All four games last weekend would be awesome, but if we had to pick one, that no matter who you pull for, no matter who you hate, no matter if you're a a hater of both of these teams, this is the one game that you must tune into. And boy, was it. That arguably may have been the best playoff game, not Super Bowl game I've seen, but the best playoff game I've seen in years. Uh, again, I would take the Tom Brady comeback against the Atlanta Falcons over this game, but that was the Super Bowl. So strictly playoffs, that might have been the best playoff game that I've ever witnessed. The final score, the Chiefs win 42-36 over the Bills. I mean, it was unreal. I've got numbers here uh, regarding both quarterbacks that dominated. Obviously, the future of the NFL and those two quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And again, I was hoping that Josh Allen would win, but Pat Mahomes has a little bit better weapons. It's a Ferrari with top line Pirelli t- with Pirelli tires, and then you've got Josh Allen, who's a little bit of a lesser model of that Ferrari, not a high-end package with decent tires compared to Pat Mahomes and his weapons. Pat Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, and then you look at uh, Josh Allen's his weapons. He's got um, Stephon Diggs, that tight end Drew Knox, and that's real. Oh, Gabriel Davis too, but. Yeah. I mean, still, even at that point, Gabe Davis went off by far his best game of his career. Tyree Kill would do that any day. Uh, Travis Kelsey could go off any day. Those other guys on the Bills besides Stephon Diggs couldn't necessarily go off. Pat Mahomes, 33 of 44, 378 yards. He was the winner in that game. Josh Allen, 27 of 37, 329 yards. Mahomes had three touchdown passes. Allen had four touchdown passes. The game was just unreal. I forget the exact number of points scored there in the last two minutes. It was 20-plus points scored in the last two minutes. The Chiefs won the game with less than 12 seconds on the clock. They scored a touchdown, or they had the ball with less than 12 seconds on the clock after the Bills scored a touchdown courtesy of Gabriel Davis, his fourth touchdown of the game. All in all, one heck of a ball game. A little bit disappointed that Josh Allen lost the game, but again, Patrick Mahomes got the job done for the Chiefs, and... Tyreek Hill is just a freaking cheat code. He looks like a Madden creative player out there uh, for Kansas City. 
Yeah, Mahomes outdueled Josh Allen in this game. I mean, I wanted Josh Allen to win as well after watching the game, but I picked the Chiefs to win this game, and I just thought that it would come down to which defense was going to play better, and somehow the Bills' defense, which was the best pass defense in the league the entire season, just completely uh, just fell apart on that final drive. I mean, 13 seconds, gave up 50 yards, one play to Tyreek Hill, one play to Travis Kelsey, and that was the end of the game. I mean, that took them to overtime, and then in overtime, it took the Chiefs four plays to go down the entire length of the field. So the Chiefs' offense absolutely murdered the Bills' defense, which was unexpected. Mahomes threw for 378 yards and ran for 69 yards, so he had about 450 yards total in this game, along with four total touchdowns, so he had a great game, and that's basically why they won. Again, in that fourth quarter alone, we saw 10, 17, 24, 30 points scored in the fourth quarter of that ball game. Unreal. And, and again, that was one of those games in which you're looking at the future Peyton Manning and Tom Brady matchup that we'll see for the next 10, 12, 15 years, uh, barring any major injury for either quarterback. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see these guys continue to improve. And after the game, they dabbed each other up. And Pat Mahomes said, hey, we're going to do this a lot. you know." So that was cool. Uh, obviously, game respects game when you're that good. And uh, again, I got to give credit to Pat Mahomes. He outdueled Josh Allen, as you said, Spence, and showed up, rang, or, you know, rung the bell for the Kansas City Chiefs. They advanced to the next round. So, um, And there were several players that balled out this weekend. Uh, And when I say several, there were guys all over the field for every game, every marquee matchup that we had in the playoffs that uh, arguably made a difference in the game. But for me, it was Cooper Cup who dominated. And again, he rung the bell for the, uh, not Buffalo Bills, for the Los Angeles Rams. He came up big. I think he had nine catches on 11 targets. He did have a fumble, but uh, that was a free play. I didn't know the guy could fumble the ball, but he did. He had nine catches, 183 yards, a touchdown, and then, you know, set up the game-winning field goal for Matt Stafford's Rams. Matt Gay came in, kicked the game-winning field goal. I guess it was uh, 30-something yards, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. It was, it was, yeah, it around, like 40. yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. But uh, Matt Gay used to kick for the Bucks, which really sucked for me because we went to two or three games where Matt Gay was our kicker in Tampa, and he shanked. You know, every other kick, it was, hey, this is wide left. This is wide right or wide right. So whenever he went uh, down the field, they call on Matt Gay to kick the game and kick the game away, put the dagger in the Bucks season. I was like, you know what? There's a shot that this guy misses perfectly right down the pipes. Matt Gay won the game uh, for the Rams. Cooper Cup, my player of the week again, nine catches, 183 yards, a touchdown. And most importantly, that huge catch right down the seam to set up the game-winning field goal for the Rams kicker, Matt Gay. Yeah, my player of the week this week is Patrick Mahomes. We've already read off his stats, but I'm going to do it again. 33 of 44, 378 yards through the air with three touchdowns, a 123 QBR. And then running the ball, he went 7 for 69 and a touchdown. I mean, against the best defense in the league. The one thing that is the Achilles heel of the Bills, though, is their rush defense. They gave up 10 yards of carry to Mahomes, 9 yards of carry to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and 15 yards of carry to McCole Hardman. So the Chiefs won that game. Mahomes absolutely engineered a great game. Uh, They're going to play the Bengals next week in Arrowhead Stadium. So that's going to be an uphill battle for the Bengals. But I think Mahomes is my player of the week for this week. I mean, he absolutely, he kind of outdueled Josh Allen as much as I don't want to say it. He played a little bit better and they won the game. 
Yeah, again, Kansas City advances. We'll talk more about those upcoming playoff games uh, that'll take, that are taking place this weekend. Again, talking about the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game on a Sunday. And we'll dive more into those, our predictions and hot takes too momentarily. But we have to transition to our Rookie of the Week. And at this point in the season when you have, what, one, two, four games played last week in the NFL, it's hard to pick out one Rookie of the Week. However, I think that this might be a general consensus that we can both agree on. Uh, the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. rookie Evan McPherson, balled out. He went 4-4 four for four from field goals last weekend in the playoff game over the Titans in which they won. Final score again was 19-16. to They advanced. Uh, on top of that, he knocked in a PAT as well. And then right before he kicked the game-winning field goal, 52-yard game-winning field goal, uh, Joe Burrow said this in his post-game interview uh, after the win that McPherson was getting ready to go out there and kick you know, the field goal, uh, got in one kick to kind of warm up his leg, and then looked at Joey B and said, uh, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game before he stepped out of the field, took the snap, and then kicked the ball through the uprights. The balls on this guy as a rookie, I love to see that, and obviously confidence is key with a kicker, but this guy said that before he kicked the kick of his life, and it's not something that he's new to. He's 8-for-8 eight eight in the postseason right now. And he's hit four game winners this season alone. His rookie year with the Bengals. I want to say something along the lines of most kicks over 45 or 50 yards plus in a single season, including the postseason, for any kicker, much less a rookie. Yeah, he's got a leg on him. I mean, we have Greg the leg. This guy should be named something along the, the lines of that. But going back to what he said before he kicked the game winning kick I mean if he misses that kick we would have never heard anything about it oh yeah same thing goes with the Chiefs where Andy Reid told Mahomes when things get grim be the grim reaper it's kind of sad though that we couldn't see the Steelers win their game against the Chiefs because we could have seen Tomlin say the same thing to Big Ben without one of <laughs> the uh, ease in reaper so it would have yeah. been a, it would have been cool to see that but instead we had the Chiefs win, and we had the Bengals win, and McPherson is definitely the Rookie of the Week this week. I mean, he had 13 points by himself, uh, which kind of doesn't bode well next week for the Bengals. Uh, it, their offense is their main thing, but their defense is what carried them in this game, and they're going to need 40-plus points against the, the Chiefs to win. So we'll see how that goes. But McPherson, definitely Rookie of the Week. Oh, yeah, no doubt. A kicker, I think that's the first time that we've ever had a kicker win player of the week or rookie of the week ever yeah. so I mean that's big that's big time stepped up in the biggest moment of his NFL career probably of his football career in general and he's just a rookie I think he's 23 years old out of University of Florida this guy used to post TikTok videos left and right of him at the Florida Gator uh, indoor facility and would put a Gatorade bottle on top of the upright and would kick it you know from 40 yards out and knock the top off the Gatorade bottle yeah he's good speaking of TikTok we have a TikTok now, Spence. Check us out, TCM Pod on TikTok. We're posting videos, short clips, uh, making sure to get our stuff out there. Please go do so. Again, we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube as well. And the hub. TCM Pod. TCM underscore pod is the place to go. And again, we post short clips, a lot of fun stuff. If you guys want to check us out and support us, a follow, a like, a comment really goes a long way here. Um, and obviously, TikTok not not necessarily my favorite thing in the world, but I think it is really cool. It's a great way to help promote our podcast and promote the work that we put into this. And uh, any likes, any subscriptions will definitely help out. And obviously, we've talked about, I guess, the last four or five weeks about a stooge of the week. And 
each and every week it changes up. You don't, you just don't know who it is, especially as of late. You have Antonio Brown, Big Ben as an option as of late. Uh, Urban Meyer's been in the talks as Stooge of the Week, but I don't think that we really went over the Stooge of the Week pre-show, Spence. I think that uh, obviously this is Spencer's Stooge of the Week segment. It's handed off to you. I could do a better handoff than anybody out there when it comes to this segment. So, Spence, Stooge of the Week. Well, this, this week's Stooge of the Week is the first time we're going to pick a offensive or defensive coordinator. We're going to go defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, who is a head coaching candidate. Please, someone take him off the Buccaneers' hands because with 30 seconds left, we brought seven of our 11 defenders. Uh, I mean, the guy that was lined up right across from Cooper Cup blitzed. Cooper Cup was the best receiver in the NFL hands down this season. We blitzed the guy on him, leaves him one-on-one with Antoine Winfield, uh, and that was just the game because he's a little bit faster, of course, because he is a, a slot receiver. So just a stupid play call, and that cost the Bucks their playoff run. And it cost Tom Brady one of the best comebacks of all time because 24 unanswered, that would have been a lot like 28-3. to I mean, the, the score was 27-3 to at one point, and we lost because of Todd Bowles' call. Also, a third and 19 touchdown. We gave up a 70-yarder to God, Cooper Cup. So Cooper again. Maybe we would have learned something uh, from that touchdown instead. Did it again, lost the game. Yeah, Todd Bowles, hopefully he's out. I know he's got a lot of interest from other teams. Please, uh, yeah, you guys want him, yeah, take him. Anybody that wants to pay Todd Bowles too much money, please take him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, though, because we've already lost Byron Leftwich, of course. So I'm interested to see where Todd Bowles will go. I think he's going to get an opportunity because Dan Quinn is staying with the Cowboys uh, next season. So he's going to go somewhere and it's going to be weird to see who the offensive and defense coordinator is that Bruce Arians brings in because whoever it is one of those two is probably going to be the guy that takes over when Arians retires after next season probably and we talked about you know the Bucks uh assistant coaches too they're getting plucked like feathers I mean seriously they've got a lot of guys that are getting looks from everywhere again I talked about Larry Foote linebacker coach he's a sleeper for defensive coordinator and they're talking about uh, a team looking at him Spytech who's in the front office director of personnel he's looked at for a GM position you know these guys oh and also on top of that Byron Leftwich whoever he wants off this squad he can take with him he can say you know what hey come with me I'll promote you to OC so yeah it's going to be scary. And same thing can be said about Todd Bowles and what he does and where he goes. It's just easy as, hey, man, you know what? You did a lot of great things in Tampa. Come be you know, a defensive coordinator. For me, you don't have to be a DB's coach anymore. Step yep. up to the plate. you got a big-time opportunity with big-time dollars right in front of your face. I mean, that always – with any winning team, you're going to lose defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, uh, position coaches like the Bucks in 2002 lost Tomlin. Tomlin would have been a great success uh, successor of John Gruden – Instead, he got plucked up by the Steelers. They won a Super Bowl in like his third year of coaching. So that was a big loss for Tampa Bay. Bowles is nowhere near the level that Mike Tomlin is, but it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see who they're gonna replace those two with. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, really a matter of time. I think it also determines if Tom Brady comes back. Yeah, hopefully we can get a young Cooper Cup coordinator. Is what and Tom Brady's career. I think Brady plays one more season, but I hope we can get like a young offensive coordinator that can take over whenever Arians and Brady retire together after next season. Josh McDaniels uh, is an option, but nah. we'll see. I think he's going to go for a head coaching job, honestly. And I, I think I Kellen think Moore, his, I heard Kellen Moore, his chances of becoming a head coach are now diminished as well. So I think yeah, both coordinators think stay in McDaniels, Dallas. I think McDaniels, is, his opportunities as a head coach are just not there anymore, honestly. Yeah, I think he was a head coach about nine, ten years ago. He was head coach with the Denver Broncos when yeah, Tebow was there. That's right. 2011, yep. 
Tebow was statistically the most inaccurate quarterback of all time. Fun fact. And again, McDaniels uh, worked with Tom Brady for years, and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and all those guys maybe made him look a lot better than he is, uh, especially in terms of wins. Now, you guys need to check out Drip and Ice on social media or their website, thedrippandice.com. Go ahead and check out their website because they are having a new release of product come out soon. And uh, again, I... Oh, no, I'm wearing the same... Uh, again, I do not have my Drip and Ice hoodie on, but it is the most comfortable hoodie out there. Uh, it's still hanging up in the closet. I have yet to take it down. But uh, the Drip and Ice brings us our Shankarooski segment of the week, and we talked about it week after week as of late. First couple of weeks in the NFL, we saw 23, 24 missed field goals, 5, 6, 10, 11 missed extra points. As the season went on, we saw maybe 18 missed field goals, 3 or 4 extra points, and now we're down to just a few in fact, we had one, two, three, four missed field goals, one extra point missed this week. That's it in the playoffs. Again, only four games happened last weekend, but still, to only see four missed field goals, one extra point missed after seeing, you know, 20 something before that, uh, it says a lot about these kickers. Yeah, these the, are the real the deal missed, guys. The missed kicks went down, but one thing that stayed constant was the Packers special teams. Are you hinting at who our Shankarooski? Yeah. The Shankarooski this week. Okay is the entire Packers special teams. I mean, I said it from the, from the jump around like week 12 that the Packers special teams is going to cost them a playoff game. You did. It ultimately did. A uh, blocked punt for a touchdown by the Niners. A, a blocked kick uh, right before halftime by the Niners. I mean, that right there is 10 points off the board or on the board, depending on how you think about it. And that cost them the game. I mean, Rodgers, of course, had a bad game. But no turnovers. I mean, they still had an opportunity to win. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo wins all of his games like Rodgers played. Garoppolo basically didn't do anything this week either, and they still won, and that was because of the Packers special teams. Uh, and it cost them their playoff chances again. Last year, uh, they had a couple of shanks against the Bucks. So their special teams, whoever their special teams coordinator is, is never going to get another job again. He's going to be fired. It's bad. I think they had four, four different long snappers throughout the season as well. So... The inconsistency, and I don't understand how you can have that much of a struggle with a long snapper. Yeah, uh, I know it is a it is definitely an important job. Oh, it's a no it's doubt. A, it's I mean, a, it's big, a tough job. It's a big but. position. I mean, but it seems like they want an athletic long snapper when they should have just gone for a long snapper that can just snap the ball correctly. This guy had a lot of off snaps, and on that kick, he snapped a little high. the the uh, The punter that was holding for the kicker put it down just in time, but it was a little bit off, and it. That's how they got their kick blocked. So special teams for the Packers cost them the game. And yeah, you said that last week. You said you expected the Packers to win the game, but you said if they do lose, it's because of the special teams. You said, as you said, I mean, the last three or four weeks that they are the worst. And, you know, you look at the stats and you think, okay, whatever, they got Aaron Rodgers. They've got Devontae Adams. They have Aaron Jones. They have all these guys that can step up and outweigh a missed field goal or, you know, a turnover off a punt block or whatnot. But when it came down to grind time to when it really mattered the most, they really outshined Aaron Rodgers in a negative light, and they screwed over the Packers' playoff chances. Again, everybody kind of thought that the Packers would win it all. I was not in that boat, but people were like, Aaron Rodgers needs this ring for his uh, uh, for his resume to be considered you know, top three, top five quarterback of all time. He loses it once more. Again, we talked about he's not a great playoff postseason quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. He's done with Green Bay. I would bet money on that. And on top of that, 
You know, I think that they're going to have to make some changes with their special teams unit. And I think, in fact, the Packers already said that next year they're going to look into keeping their starters play special teams. So, Yeah, and they're not going to have a lot of starters left because Devontae Adams is gone. Aaron Jones is still there, but they paid him a lot of money over the offseason, hopefully, to win a Super Bowl. And then Rodgers is gone. I mean, he wouldn't play special teams either anyways, but hey, it, I don't know. Yeah, Jair cool Alexander... Did. He's going to be back, but that team's going to look a lot different if Rodgers is not there. So, And they were in the NFC Championship last year, this year. You know, when are you going to get over that hump? It'd be different if you got over the hump and lost in the big They've game. They've been in the NFC but, Divisional or Championship game four of the last five years. So. And just they've can't, lost yeah. every single one of them. Yeah, they won the, uh, the Super Bowl back in 2011, I believe. Yeah. That was, I mean, how? That was a long time ago. I think that says a lot about Mike McCarthy. Obviously, years ago when he was with Green Bay, yeah. only won one in like with eight years of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, also, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but now it's Rodgers. You see Rodgers as well. I mean, he just has not performed in the playoffs very well. We'll see how he goes with another team next year. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs whatever team he's on. He's going to get his team to the playoffs, but it just depends on his play, see if they can maybe win a divisional or championship game. He's going to Denver. Yeah. He is going to Denver. The Big Three, brought to you by Information On Demand Pre-Employment Screening Services, offering fast, accurate, and affordable background screening services. Whether you need criminal background checks, uh, drug screenings, E-Verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, they've got you guys covered. It's easy. You can know. Uh, you can rest easy knowing that a highly trained team, uh, search team, will get you the information you need in eight hours or less, just one night's sleep, as you said a few weeks mm-hmm. back, Spence. Eight hours or less. Information On Demand. They're fast, accurate, and affordable. That's the three, the big three. Pre-employment background screening services. Give them a call today, 855-914-4636. That's 914-4636. Or visit informationondemand.net. Informationondemand.net brings you our big three. And this week, I want to talk about the recent coaching news. Obviously, we look at Sean Payton stepping down as head coach, retiring. Yeah. As head coach of the New Retiring Orleans Saints. For maybe a year, Max. Maybe a year. Or maybe gets talked back into coaching. I, I, I can never tell when that guy's telling the truth. If you watch, yeah. just his body language throws me off. Sean Payton retiring. Urban Meyer back in the, in the headlines. Where do you want to start, Spence? Where do you want me to dive in here? Let's uh, go Sean Payton. Let's go Sean Payton. All right, so Sean Payton randomly says earlier this week, hey, I'm retiring. He set up a, a post uh, conference press conference with the New Orleans Saints and said hey this is it you know I spoke with the head office everybody up top the front office and I'm done my time here is over with and then you kind of do a little bit of research and there's 71 million dollars over the cap space they have no franchise quarterback unfortunately with Sean Payton the guy that believed in Jameis not being with the team anymore Jameis is out of a job yeah he'll go somewhere else He'll go somewhere else. You've got Michael Thomas, who's overpaid, coming off an injury, who set out an entire year with an ankle injury. Uh, a lot of guys are not coming back. They were a pretty bad team this year in the division, NFC South. They're still bottom two team in that division. It's a tough place to want to go play football or go coach. That's not a destination I want to land. You look at the Superdome, yeah, there's a lot of history there. It's cool and all just to know that you're in a cool city with a great fan base, but you look at all things considered, that is not a top five destination for me. I'd rather go to the New York Giants than New Orleans, 100%. Yeah, I think... Easier division up there, too. I think it it's a hard division at the moment, but if Brady were to retire, the NFC South is going to be an absolute shit show next year. I mean, 
Bucks quarterback could be Blaine Gabbert. Falcons quarterback is probably not going to be Matt Ryan next year. Panthers quarterback is Sam Darnold next year because they they picked up his fifth year option after his second game with Carolina. And then the Saints quarterback, they're gonna they're gonna get someone. I mean, maybe Russell Wilson, depending on who they hire as head coach. So that's if Brady retires, that's a good opportunity to go to. But if Brady does not retire, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to New Orleans, even though Sean Payton statistically owns Brady in games. Now that Peyton's gone, I don't know how the Saints are going to play. So it's going to be weird seeing Sean Peyton not be there anymore. And I think the Saints are going to go back to the brown bag over their head era like the Buccaneers had in the early in the uh, middle 2010s and like that, the 70s. The Saints were like that for 30 years, even with Manning as their quarterback in the 80s and 70s. I think they're going to go back to that if they don't get a good head coach here. Yeah, and again, we talk about Sean Payton officially retiring from the New Orleans Saints organization. He said he's retiring from coaching to take part in uh, TV, media, broadcasting games. Yeah, that, this reminds I me a know. lot of the Mike McCarthy situation where he retired from the Packers a couple years ago, three years he ago. He set out a set year. out a year. Yep. Got hired by the Cowboys. I mean, in that year that you set out, you just watched film the entire time. I mean, it didn't work for McCarthy. Cowboys are still not a good team. They lost in the playoffs, but... Sean Payton's already a, a better head coach than McCarthy, so we'll see how that goes. I think he's going to sit out a year and then go to a really good team. And Sean's going to be up in the broadcast maybe, booth. Maybe he'll, even he'll Tampa. see a lot of different... In a year. I, I hate the guy. He's a great head coach, though. And if yeah. he came to Tampa, go Sean Payton. Yeah. He's a great coach. And uh, he knows how to get under the skin of fans because he's been underneath my skin for... When did he, he went to New Orleans in 05, 06, something like that? Yeah, 06. Yeah. yeah. He has one he, of the most punchable faces of all time. So... And he obviously calls games to, you know, rub yeah. it in your face. I mean, he put in Jameis Winston against the Bucks, had Jameis throw a 40-yard pass in the playoff game last mm-hmm. year, and that was that was painful, man. So Sean Payton will sit out one year. I thought maybe Dallas would sign him next season. But after I think about it, Jerry Jones hangs on to his coaches for way too long. He's going to yeah. give Mike McCarthy way too long. McCarthy will still be the head coach of the Cowboys, even though he shouldn't be. He'll be there another three years at least. So Sean Payton will not go to the uh, the Dallas Cowboys here next season. Write it down. I would bet money on that. Uh, and also, we're going to move on now to another coaching situation. Urban Meyer was recently on a podcast, had an interview, and he was talking about the NFL. And uh, he says, and I quote, it was the worst experience I've had in my professional lifetime. Hmm. Urban Meyer. And I can only imagine what the assistant coaches, all of his players thought yeah. of him. I'm sure the players you know, thought the exact same his thing. His family was probably like, dude, you brought it on you know, yeah. back to the house. It wasn't just at the job. He said... And I quote, used to be in college, the reality is you spend 75% of your time recruiting and professional football, there's no recruiting. So it's all scheme and it's all roster management. So he's a bad football coach. Yeah. That's that's what he's saying. He's a good recruiter. He is. He should have stayed in college. He says you're getting guys rolling in on your organization on a Tuesday and they're going to play for you on a Sunday. So there is some obvious differences in the two uh, levels of football. And again, no doubt, Urban Meyer pretty much admitted that he is not a great head coach. It was all, you know, him being able to talk to people, being able to network with all these athletes, the high school coaches that have great athletes each and every year that he can get at Ohio State or that he got at Florida over the years. He also says, what really got me, I almost didn't want to say people accept it. I mean, you lose a game and you just keep, I would seriously have self-talk. I went through that whole depression thing too, where I'd stare at the ceiling and think, are we doing everything possible? Obviously not. The guy's out at bars. He's kicking yeah. his kicker in practice. 
you know, I mean, what a joke. Urban Meyer continues to find his name in national media, and hopefully he doesn't get another shot to coach. I don't There's wish no him any chance. No any, NFL, at least. Oh, yeah, NFL's over with. Maybe I don't, in three years he could be a college coach again. He's a little bit older, though. I think he's in his, you know, well, I mean, mid he to late reti- 60s. He, he quit Florida because he had heart attack problems and then goes back to coach Ohio State. So he's he's been like this his whole career, putting the blame on others or just getting out of any situation he can if he feels like he's not going to oh, win yeah. anymore. Yeah, he's chicken shit. Uh, he also says that it eats, eats away at your soul. I tried to train myself to say, okay, it happens in the NFL. At one point, the Jaguars lost 20 in a row. Think about that. 20 games where you're leaving the field when you lost, and we lost five in a row. And at one point, I remember I, I just couldn't function. Again, talking about what Urban Meyer said in this interview. He's making it seem like he's the victim here. I, uh, you know what? I didn't bring any of this upon me. It was all just inflicted by the Jaguars organization and their players but that was not really the case it all starts with the coaching and the fact that he was only able to have successful years in college football because he was great at recruiting he had the best recruiting class every other year it seemed like with Ohio State with Florida um, and again especially at Ohio State he didn't have to deal with Alabama until mm-hmm. you know later in the season but all in all Urban Meyer back in the topics here on the podcast and hopefully that's it for Urban talking about uh, all of his snarky that he has going on and all of his uh, feel pity, feel sorry for me type stuff. Again, Urban Meyer and Sean Payton, kind of that initial point one or point A of this big three. The second item, of course, being the AFC Championship game on Sunday at three o'clock. Cincinnati travels to Kansas City and earlier in the season, I what, three, four weeks ago, Cincinnati beat Kansas City. Yeah. This game's in Kansas City though, so you do have to you know, consider all things in this situation, especially with it being a playoff game. Joe Burrow's insane, but we talk about experience in the playoffs. You talked about it last week, Spence, uh, with the Chiefs and Bills. You said Pat Mahomes has way more experience than Josh Allen in these big games. He's going to win this football game. That's exactly what happens. Joe Burrow's feeling the heat right now. He's playing really good. Bengals are playing good. Offensively, defensively, they got the job done, but, I mean, they're still weak link, and Pat Mahomes should have a pretty good game here at home on Sunday afternoon yeah I want the Bengals to win this game but I I know the Chiefs are going to win this game I mean Mahomes is going to make the Super Bowl three years in a row win it maybe this year I mean he lost last year to Tampa Bay but I think I think we might see a rematch of the Super Bowl Chiefs and 49ers that occurred just two years ago which doesn't seem like that's true but it was the 49ers were in the Super Bowl two years ago and I think the Chiefs are going to be back in it this year we'll see if the Niners are as well yeah, that's crazy. I forgot about the that Super Bowl matchup a few yeah. years ago. It really did. And some people were like, oh, you know what? We want to see a, a completely new setup here in the playoffs and, and the Super Bowl, and they named off those two teams. Yep. And now that you say it was just two years ago, it's like, well, you know what? Maybe you should pull for the Bengals, mm-hmm. you know, or the Rams, or both. Uh, but either way, Chiefs are a seven-point favorite at home. How do you feel about that, that spread? Do you feel like that's That's fair. Right I've par? got the Chiefs by a lot in this one, honestly. I mean... Last it's week, they, be more they than played 14. a Titans defense. The Bengals played a Titans defense that wasn't great, and they had to rely on their kicker to score 13 of their 19 points. So not what you expected from the Bengals' high-powered offense, and I, I think the Chiefs are a little bit better of a defense, and they're a hell of a lot better of an offense than the Titans. So I've got the Chiefs in this game by a lot. you got to give a score. This, we're getting down to the final three games of this NFL season, including the Super Bowl, so I need you to give a score, and then I'll give Chiefs mine. Chiefs 34, Bengals 20. Okay, that's pretty fair. Uh, obviously, the spread seven points. 
Chiefs are coming off a shootout in which they were filling themselves. They stepped up when it mattered the most offensively. And they, yeah, they just put up 42 points against the best defense in the league. Yeah, the so I, I'm going to say 52. I'm going to say a 50-burger. I could see them. Yeah. I, I say a 50-burger on top of give me 23 for the Bengals. I think that the kicker still does his thing. McPherson does his thing. I think Joe Burrow has a decent game, but ultimately it's just going to be so tough for them to slow down the yeah, Chiefs offense. and if the Bengals win this game, then it's going to have to be Joe Mixon running for 100-something-plus yards. Over I mean, he does that a good amount of the time, but they're going to need to control the ball most of the game. They're going to definitely have to have at least 10 minutes over time of possession than the Chiefs. So I've got the Chiefs in this game just based off the fact that I don't think they can do that. Yeah, if the Bengals get in a shootout, they're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Who's going to outdo Pat Mahomes right now at this point in the season? I don't know anybody. Some people might argue Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl. I highly doubt that. Yeah, that team's been together for so long. I mean, yeah, you're just not they've out. They've had the same yeah. key pieces for 3 years now. Back-to-back Super Bowls. They're going to go to they're they're going to go to another one this year, so and I think it's because of their experience and it comes down to that. And the Bengals have zero. They were in the bottom of the AFC North last year. Now they're in the championship. Oh, impre- yeah, absolutely. It's very impressive that Joe Burrow came back, firing on all cylinders, helped this team look like a serious playoff threat after tearing his ACL last season. Also on Sunday, the NFC Championship game. San Francisco 49ers at Los Angeles Rams. Again, we are going to mention our hot takes here. This game is set for 6.30 kickoff, and the Rams a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which tells me that they expect this to be a low-scoring game, which I highly doubt. As much as I hope the 49ers win this game and win this game big, Jimmy G is not a great quarterback. We saw it last week. He completed, what, 11 passes? Yeah. There's no way that this team puts up more than 17 points. So they're saying that this is going to be a 23-24-17 ball game. The Rams barely win. No, no shot in hell. I'll say 37 37- 17 Rams run away with this one. And I think seven of these points come in the fourth quarter alone for San Francisco to try to make it a game. I think 37-17, give me the Rams. They'll advance to the Super Bowl, and they'll play the Chiefs and the Super Bowl. And, and you know what? Here's my hot take. I'm going to go ahead and heat it up for you guys. I'm predicting the Super Bowl two weeks in advance, three weeks in advance, or is it two? Two. Two weeks in advance. Uh, give me the Chiefs. I'll say 45-24. 45-24 Chiefs over the Rams and the Super Bowl. Uh, in two weeks. Yeah, that'd be a cool hot take if it was correct because the 49ers are going to win this game. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have one of the best performances of his life somehow, some way, and I think the 49ers are going to beat the Rams on Sunday at 6.30. This is an NFC West matchup, both these teams from the NFC West, and that is the toughest division in football over the past couple of years, even though Seattle was awful this year. They still had three teams make the playoffs in the Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers. And these games always are pretty high scoring, even though Jimmy G's at quarterback versus Matthew Stafford. Jimmy G's going to have a good game in this one, and Debo Samuel's going to run wild. Kittle's going to have a big game. Their defense is, I would say, better than the Rams. They have a pretty good offensive line. I think this is a great matchup, and I've got the 49ers in this game by seven. It's going to come down to the wire, and I think Jimmy G's going to come through. You know, I hope that you're right, but here's my reasoning for thinking that you're wrong. Uh, the 49ers have beaten the Rams twice. The Rams twice this season. There's no way you go for three on the year. I think they do. I mean, Shanahan is a good coach, and I th- I think Jimmy G is a winner. People say he's a winner. Sherman said he's a winner. Everyone seems to love Jimmy G's energy. How he wins games somehow, uh, some way. Yeah. He just seems to get it done, and you can credit that to him. I credit it to his team, but I think this is going to be one of his best best performances. 
And it's going to be a rematch of the 2019 Super Bowl between the Chiefs and Niners. So that's your hot take right there? Yep. Okay. The Super Bowl aspect or the fact that the Niners win this Both. game? Both. Okay. Because okay. I already predicted the Chiefs to win if the Niners win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, obviously Debo Samuel has to go off in this game for the 49ers to win. Give me his stat line for this game. He's going against probably Jalen Ramsey, all things considered. Who am I? Jimmy G? No, talking about Debo. Give me Debo stat oh, line. Oh, Debo. Consider Jimmy Debo G the rushes, quarterback. Debo rushes for 50 yards and a touchdown. 67 yards receiving. No touchdowns. But then you have Kittle. Kittle's going to go for over 100 and a touchdown. Uh, I think they're going to get the run game going with Elijah Mitchell. I think that they're just going to control. They That's what they do. They can control the ball. They can take all the time off the clock they want to. Their offense is good. They've got a good head coach, and I think they've got this game in the bag. Well, I, again, I think that you're wrong, but I do hope that you're right. I, I, that sounds like a double-edged sword. I'm pulling for you to be right, Spence. It is a hot take, so if you're wrong, whatever. If you're right, mad props, and you've done it a lot this year. You predicted that the uh, Miami, or not the Miami, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars would beat, which game was that? I Colts. forget. The Colts, and you were right. Knocked the Colts out of the playoffs. You called that. I would bet money that you're one of the f- maybe 50 guys that you know have a podcast or a sports talk radio show in the country that it said, hey, you know what, uh, the Colts will lose to the Jaguars, and you were right, and I would put money on that. I said that a couple of times this week, and even though you still owe me five bucks from a bet months ago, I'm still willing to bet you money that that you're right. I remember last week you said if my hot take was correct, then was that last week? Yeah. Huh? Okay. Are you trying to just con me right here? Nope. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, either way, I hope that you're right. And the big three and the hot take this week brought to you by Information On Demand. Check them out, informationondemand.net. Give them a call, 855-914-4636. Again, please share the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Whole Nine Yards, and do us a favor. Please, please go subscribe to our YouTube. We really do appreciate each and every like and comment that we get. A simple share goes a long way here with TCM Pod. Again, TCM Pod, happy to be back with you guys once more as we talk playoff football and look forward to next week as we near the Super Bowl and come back once more. I think that we do have some more games to call on Wednesday, so our next episode will air once more on... That's a lot of once more. Friday's the best. Friday is the day that this will air next week, so... Tune back in, TCM Pod. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, TCM underscore pod. Easy as that. And remember, remember, underscore pod. Only you can prevent wildfires. As always, thanks for tuning in.